All right, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host Tony Rodriguez, and today I'm joined by my good friend Alfredo. Uh, we tried doing this episode previously, but I had some technical difficulties, and Alfredo was gracious enough to do this again um, because of my blenders. Um, so, Alfredo, I'll just pass it over to you. Well, first and foremost, I'm grateful for for. Mr. A-Rod here to come all the way to my house and uh, give me the, the opportunity to do this. It's a blessing, absolute blessing. I feel honored to be back uh, in the presence of, of, of somebody who I served with. Um, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time nonetheless. And um, the transition from military to civilian has been an interesting one. I hope I can serve in some capacity, um, some guidance or some kind of hope to folks that are going through through a struggle of transferring from being military to civilian. Um, and I'll look forward to sharing my thoughts here, brother. Yeah. So, um, you know, I really wanted to talk to you um, because, you know, I, I mentioned that I took about 10 days off um, from when I signed out on terminal leave to starting work. That's because I had basically about two months prior to that where I wasn't going into work. I was working on my PMP certification and I was going nuts. And uh, could you just tell us a little bit about your transition and what you did and how you ended up with your plan? Absolutely. So with me, I, mean, I, I went to some of the workshops that existed in um, in USASOC and, and they were pretty good workshops. There were three day workshops. It was like, Hey, find your wife. I find, find, find what it is that you want to do. Reassess yourself. And we were surrounded by people that were colonels, sergeant first classes. I mean, specialists, any, every rank that you can think of was there. And I, I kept on gravitating towards law enforcement. You know, why did I gravitate towards law enforcement? Well, to be completely honest, before I even thought of being a soldier in 1999, 2000 timeframe, I was going through the process, maybe a little bit later than that, close to 2001, Miami-Dade Police Department. But a friend of mine, you know, who I was working with, and I was sort of a cop. I was a rent-a-cop at the time. It was kind of ridiculous. It was my 17 jobs that I had, you know. <laughs> it was wonderful. But he said, hey, why don't you try the Army? I was like, well, it makes sense. I mean, I played with toy soldiers. I grew up in El Salvador, uh, Civil War, bombs, soldiers. I had a grandfather that sounded like John Wayne. And he's like, hello, soldiers. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's check out the military. What's going on in the military? I didn't listen to my friend. I went to the Navy first because there was a very beautiful lady there. Obviously, my head was not where it needed to be. However, comma, she said, listen, you only have two options. here: You can be a gunner's mate or you can be a yeoman. A what? A yeoman. A yeoman is, I guess, somebody who's like an S1. But I thought it was like similar to Steven Seagal, you know, because he was a yeoman in, in that one movie where he was on a ship and stuff. I'm like, what? I said, you know what? I'm going to the I'm going to the army. You want to be dirty and be in, a, uh, be in the mud all day? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be a sardine. Have a nice day. And so I enlisted in the military in the army in 2001, four months before 9-11. I'll say that again. And for many of us have done that, but I, I, it was surreal. I didn't know I was, what was I was signing up for? You know, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And for my sins, they gave me what I wanted. I ended up going to Iraq in 2005 and to 2006 as a bullet counter, I might say. And, and an ammunition specialist. That's for all y'all. You, you know, what was that 55 Bravo it, at the time? It was at the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and a redstone, I, right? Yes, sir. That's where I went to AIT too for a uh, as a uh, tow tow missile repairer. That's beautiful. Twenty seven so, echo. Oh Lord, I have mercy. That's beautiful. So you know redstone. You know uh, what's the name of that town in Alabama? Huntsville. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. So I gotta say, it was an interesting story uh, or an interesting time. All of it is a story. This life is a story, really. But um, I got to Iraq, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I counted bullets all day, grenades, I, anything you can think of. It's, 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 you know, you guys, one thing you guys can understand is either I'm blessed or cursed with this energy that I have. My wife says I have this huge energy. I don't have to say a thing sometimes, and it can change the, the construct of the room because of my mood. And I'm like, ah, I, I don't want to be responsible. I said, well, it's like you got to deal with it, pal, because that's what you are. 
right? Kind of like Colonel Troutman and Rambo and stuff. You just can't turn it off, son. You know? Anyway, Iraq was something, you know? And I was so disappointed in the job that I was going to get out. So this is where my first transition really starts to happen to civilian. Because I thought of being a Border Patrol agent. Yeah. You know, I was like, let's go to Las Fronteras. You know, let's go to Texas. Let's go anywhere. I'll go be a Border Patrol agent. I can speak Spanish. Uh, you know, I can, yeah, I guess I kept on saying I can speak Spanish. I got some <laughs> military experience. I think I'm, I'm a good fit for these folks. Before I transitioned to special operations, and on the third leave that I went on in my unit that wasn't very supportive of me leaving the Army, let alone going on three leaves in a row, because the conventional Army is what it is. It's just not as supportive as perhaps the special operations community because they're more flexible, and yet they're challenging their own right. I went, I got interviewed with the Border Patrol, and I passed everything. I passed everything. But a friend of mine, Raul Rivera, now you may remember him. We used to call him Bigote, Mustache, because he looked like the Adams family uh, husband, uh, dude, uh, you know, just like him. He said, Hey, El Valle, hey, man, hey, man, you know, with that Puerto Rican energy, right? That accent that we also love. <laughs> Why don't you try special operations? Man? What are you doing, man? You're on close to 10 years. 10 years, man. 10 years. 10 more years, you got pension. And I'm like, All right, look, I appreciate your candor in the matter. I'll apply. All right, I'll apply, but I'm going to try PSYOPs because I like the idea of a speaker on my back. They were called speaker monkeys back then. I don't know if that's the proper term. Forgive me, but not forgive me because I have to tell you what it was historically. Uh, and they said, no, we can't, we can't bring you in because your ST score is too low. Okay, well, I'm going to get my ST score high enough. And by the time I got my ST score high enough, they weren't hiring. So my friend goes back, Raul, hey, man, hey, man, I said civil affairs, man. I'm like, I go civil affairs. I'm, okay, I'll go civil affairs with you, Roll. I love you, man. And I'm probably butchering your, the imitation because that's not what you sound like. I'm sorry. I apologize. Forgive me. Now, we go civil affairs, the both of us. Bigote and I go, right? I love that guy. You know, we went there. We get to the pipeline. People look at us like we're on freebase because we say, we don't want to go to language school. Because some people wanted to go to language school. I didn't. I know Spanish. Get me in the field. I want to deploy. Come on, let's go. So I get to the 98th Civil Affairs Battalion. Mm-hmm. Right. The Gras. The Gras. Sergeant Major De Gras. Yeah. Okay. Buzz off. Buzz off. Right. He gets the Three Stooges is what I'll call it. Raul's not in the picture. I don't know where Raul went. Like he's, he's, he's somewhere. He went to another company, got there before. I don't know what happened. I bumped into him later. But the Three Stooges show up. Who are the Three Stooges? Well, we'll start with Londoño. We'll start with Laura, the two L's, and Del Valle, LLD. Yeah, we're in his office, and he said, I don't care what you all do with a really stick Southern draw. I'm not going to repeat exactly what he says because they were kind of, let's just say they were very colorful words. I don't care what you do in your corner. You do whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. So uh, long story short, these two guys out of the three stooges, the first two, right? I'm the third stooge, whatever. They, they go to uh, Charlie 98th, and they're going to go. One's going to go to Paraguay, Colombia. They are, they are ecstatic, ecstatic. And I'm going to go to Paraguay. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay, cool beans. I meet A-Rod. And he's in an office working on the computer and stuff. And I didn't know him at the time that well. But he had been there already. Didn't know anything about him or his situation or whatever. But he, there was something special about him. He was like this kind of brown Buddha of a man. <laughs> Not because he was like heavy set. He's never been heavy set. Let me just say some volume right now. He's done like 50 marathons, right? 50, maybe more. I don't know. The man is like in my phone. He saved as the, the, the man, the myth, la leyenda. Let me say, the man, the myth, the legend, Spanish, right? So I, I meet him for like 30 seconds. Hey, see you, boss. It's good to see you. Whatever. Thank you. And then I end up in the hallway. I'm reliving this through all my brothers here that are with me right now in the flesh and in the spirit and the ethereal. And I got to tell you, it's amazing because I meet this guy named Melendez, beautiful man, perfect hair. And I got drool coming out of my mouth because they just injected me with everything you can think of for vaccinations and rabies. And I already have rabies. I was born rabid. What do you want from me? I'll bite the dogs that try to bite me. Shoot. 
And you all know this. Okay. Right. So I say to him and I grab him by the arm. I grab him like this. I grab him like this. And I say, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I think I'm going to work with you. Prophetic. And I ended up going to Afghanistan because they needed somebody to go to Delta 98th because the team sergeant had gotten fired. Melendez became the team sergeant. I became the CANCO. I'm not going to go into spill of what happened there, but it's sort of entertaining. If we have time, I might. We're talking about transitioning here from civilian, excuse me, from military to well, civilian, military, military, civilian. And I want to be as 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 uh, helpful as I can be. And I want folks to learn from from me and other folks that have gone through similar paths. So go to Afghanistan. I grew a beard. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, good civil affairs training. Bam, came back by the grace of God. We're all there. And then, you know, SWIC came a couple times and worked uh, assessment and selection. And my last unit was assessment. It's not, no, my last unit was Bryant Hall, right? I was working with Master Sergeant Pedwari, Muhammad, really good first line super, a great guy. Usually the Army tends to pair you with the best of the best towards the end of your career, which I'm kind of upset about because I'm like, where were you 20 years ago, 15 years ago? It is what it is. The universe works the way it works. That's that's what I, I believe is my opinion, my humbly speaking. So the bonds created here in the brotherhood of, of, of the military, because it's not just special operations, it's everything. You have to encompass your whole thing. How do you transfer that to civilian? How do you transfer that energy to civilian? Well, this is how you do it. You don't do what I did, in my humble opinion. <laughs> I went to the police academy if i could have videotaped at all i would love to have done that because you guys would have like i would hope that you would have laughed a little bit because it was entertaining can you imagine me there well imagine this i get there and it's almost like basic training almost a little bit yeah and and they you know you got to grab your books do it quick i'm like this is cool all right i feel like this is similar to the military then they start bombarding us with classes I fail the first two exams or something. I think I'm going to get kicked out, but I make it through. I get to my, uh, uh, I get to uh, a police department. I get to carry police department and carry paid for everything. But I got there, brothers, and I got to tell you this: the feeling of camaraderie wasn't there, it, it, and it and it, re- and it required a lot of reflecting on my behalf to know exactly what I was doing. It's impossible to copy and paste twenty years of your life to civilian. It's not going to happen. You can find hints of it but it's not going to be the same and so whatever i didn't i i I resigned from carry i didn't even get sworn in guys you know i didn't listen to my wife my wife said take a knee she didn't say that but she said you know you need to take a break same thing i'm like what do you mean a break this is alfredo i didn't say it like that but she said somebody gave me the nickname freight train you guys know waters are in first class waters he gave me the name freight train because he doesn't know how to stop. He just kept on going. Because that's what I thats what I was built to do, man. You know what I mean? We got to keep going. So I kept on going. And I tell you, reflect on your time in the military. Because we don't do it often. You know? Reflect a little bit. Take some time. If you find something that you can, you know, manage and it's good for you and your family, God bless you. Do it. But law enforcement, the way things are today, I got to wear a camera. I'm not worried about what I'll do or won't do. It's what I'll say. I'm very colorful when I speak. You noticed, right? Yeah. There's a lot of F-bombs that have not happened yet. And I'm not going to produce them here in this beautiful podcast of yours because I'm just not going to do it. Well, I appreciate that because it takes me about an hour to edit that out. I'm just so poor at editing. So I really appreciate that. So it was was a great thing. The camaraderie sort of exists in life. It's just different. It's just different. And and I had to go back because my mental health, Needed to take a break a bit, you know. Um, I did. I went against everybody's advice. I didn't do a VA claim. So I'm fine. I can still shoot, move, and communicate. I'm all right. Yeah. No, man. You got to do this for the sake of the fact that you owe it to yourself to do it. Is what I kept on hearing, and the wife kept on pushing me. And I, and for you know, not just the monetary reason, but it's like you know, the, the country. Look, we did what we did because we didn't do it for money. We did it because we love this country. We love the brotherhood and the sister, right? Some of, I'll say this, it's colorful, but I think you'll like it. Some of the baddest people are women, right? 
in the military. I bet more cojones than some of the men. The I'll just say it right now. He's a prima donna's, okay? And part of the reason I think I was too crass, man, you know, I'll bring up a name. Charlie Sanchez comes up to me and says, Oye, Del Valle, oye, I need you to take care of this company. I say, you want to switch rank? Give me the diamond because that's what you want me to do. But all right, fine. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'm nothing special. I just give you 110%. That's all I do, man. That's the philosophy. But with giving 110%, you have to. I'm going to tie it in here in a second. You have to do a self-check, a self-analysis. How am I doing? Am I really okay? Right? Look, man, my dad died in February, and my wife was shocked with how I reacted. I didn't cry. Why? Because I'm trained not to cry? No, man. Because the memories of him are so much full of light that they didn't allow me to be that depressed and cry. All right. But it also has to do with the training that we all went through because we're soldiers in basic training. You get taught to shoot, move and communicate. You get taught to shut it off and get out of the X and sort of kind of you have to balance that out in the civilian life. And that's why it's imperative to have a check in with what we call in the law enforcement. We're check in, right? Check in with your buddies, check in with with your fellow brothers in arms and stuff. It's like suicide is a very big problem in this country and in the veterans world. Right. And I'm being candid right now. I get suicidal ideations all the time because it's like, well, you know what? Where's my purpose? But I see, you know, I see my children. I see my my daughter. I see my son. I see my wife. Hold on. Before the children, I see my wife. Picked me. Now, hold on. I have self-esteem. Don't get me wrong. But she picked me. Look, man, I know I'm challenging. I got to live with me 24-7. It's a challenge because the intensity, not everybody can handle. I can't handle it sometimes. So that's why I run or I do whatever and, you know, bam. Check yourself, gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Check yourself, right? You know, there is nothing wrong with saying I am sad. I am depressed. I have anxiety. I don't trust anybody. I have fear of this, that, or this, or this, or that. It's nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody. I don't. I had bad experiences with with therapists because they always just kept on throwing drugs at me, and they, they just didn't work for me. It just didn't work for me, right? But recently, I saw somebody, and it was in support of of, of other things that I'm working towards. I'm not going to go into too many details on that. We can talk about that later. But when you Last duty station I was at is Fort Fort Bragg. Last unit I was in, I saw some of, some, of, some of the most tumbling things I've ever seen in my life. Okay, from a man, I'm just going to speak to you from man first, and then soldier. Lieutenant Colonel Dwyer was a special is a special forces lieutenant colonel. He might be full bird colonel now. Uh, he was one of our last commanders that we had, like me and Pedwari at uh, Charlie. What was it? I was just, the three five seven is where I worked in Swick three five seven. Uh, sixth floor in Bryant Hall. He s- comes up to us and said, you know what? I had to go see the doc today. I had to take a knee. Uh, I'm not feeling so good. And Colonel Dwyer is missing an arm and an eyeball. And he's really funny about it, right? He takes his eyeball out and goes to golf tournaments. I think he, he, he missed, saw Jessica Simpson say, hey, Miss Simpson, here's my eyeball. You know, God bless him. Because that's our humor. That's what we have. But it was like very comforting to hear that. It's okay to take a knee, man. You know, it's okay to be vulnerable. There is something here about the life that we have afterwards. Once you do that self-reflection and seek help, should you need it, right? Or should you not, or whatever, you want to talk to your brothers or talk to somebody. Do something that brings joy into your heart. Because like my good brother here, A-Rod says, so many times and years we were told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, how to do it, how to, where to report and all that. It's regimented. So we're, we're kind of like robotic in that sense. So it's hard, right, to transfer to, to, to civilian because somebody does something, you know, they don't give 110% and it really irks you and makes your blood boil. So I always think that you should, going back to what I'm, I'm keep on saying, it, remove the stigma of, of this mental health stuff, right? And don't feel ashamed to say, I'm not ready to transfer to civilian. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how to get there. I need help. Do it and say it. 
you know? And I just want to be an example to people, or not even an example. I want people to learn from me. Do not jump into something four four hundred miles an hour that was you think was similar to to you know being in the military. Because it probably won't be, especially if you need to check yourself first. Because if you're good internally, then you're gonna be good externally and you're gonna be good for the team or whatever you want to do, whether it's working Amazon or UPS or USPS or law enforcement or firefighting or EMT or God, whatever it is that you want to do, or go back and be an army civilian and, and help out the force that way, which is what my old man, God rest his soul, always said, stay in your medium. What the hell are you going to be a cop for? What are you talking about? So you're crazy. He's not even Italian, but he sounded like that in Spanish. You know, I'm like, I don't listen, but I'm still alive because I'm here talking to A-Rod. And so, I love you guys. It's good to hear like, you talk about like, your transition. Um, so for everybody listening, so I, I, I've never hid this. Um, I met Alfredo probably uh, that week I got sent home from Paraguay for drinking. And I think I had just received my field grade article 15 and general letter, general letter of reprimand. Um, and Alfredo's always been upbeat. He's uh, I wanted to do this again because he's a, uh, for selfish reasons, you know, because I know once I leave here, I know I'm going to be uh, happier because I was always like that once I saw Alfredo and I would hear him very animated. Whatever he does, he does at 110% at a thousand miles per hour. Um, the only thing I disagree with Alfredo on is like how he was talking about how like in the army we were trained to give 100%, 110% all the time. Maybe everybody Alfredo worked with was like that, but I'd say maybe... Ten percent of the people I worked with were like that, and the other ninety percent gave five percent effort. You know, um, so I was talking to one of our our friends the other day, and he was, you know, mentioning how um, he talks to some of his friends who got out, and he asked them, like, "What do they miss about the army, or how is it on the outside?" And they all say, "Hey, it's great, it's perfect, I love it, had the freedom, I can do what I want now," but the one thing I miss is talking to the guys in the, in the team room. Yeah. And that's what I miss. I, I don't miss anything about the army. I don't miss them telling me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. I don't miss yeah. having idiots be my supervisors working over me. Sure. You can barely count to 10 and you're going to try to give me advice on geopolitics. Sure. Like yeah. go choke yourself, bro. Like seriously, like you're, you're, you're a buffoon. This is very true. Yeah. Um, so, when Alfredo says this stuff, you know, please um, listen to what he's saying because uh, I, I value his opinion. I, I believe what he says. Um, I just, you know, I wanted to come out here and see you, bro, because I missed you and it's a good time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it would be a good time. Yes. Just, your dog scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, God. But, no, 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 no. She's like one of the Golden yeah, Girls. I, I know, but that was like Similar my, to Betty White, but like not my, necessarily. It's like my PTSD from uh, Guyana kicking in from all those dogs down there. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. Georgetown. Yeah. So. Liming. <laughs> Who's the most prideful people there that, you know, uh, oh, my God, Guyana. Woo! Lovely place. Look, it's a, bla- it's a blessing, and it's an honor to see A-Rod, and an honor to Mr. John Sear. He's, he's kind of like keeping me like, Sane and on the ground on earth. So a lot of times I've been told that I go to the air too much. I'm in the clouds. So get back down, man. Come on. And he's doing that. And I love John. John's a, a great man. I mentioned John. But um, I will say it gives me purpose to see A-Rod and to see John. It gives me a reason to be around longer, right? And not in a cryptic or macabre way or whatnot. But I, I, I don't – I think everything happens for a reason. You know, um, I'm a God-fearing man, and I've been a God-fearing man probably, I honestly think, since I was 12. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't always that fearing in the sense of respectful towards the universe, the Lord, and, and, and whatnot. But it's been sustaining me because A-Rod's going to ask me, who do you want to give props to at the end or, or something like that? Or you shout outs or sh- shout, how do you say it? Shout, shout out. Shout out. Okay. I got you. I'm not the most hip person ever, okay? If it was up to me, society's not going to like what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it. We'd go back to rotary phones, 
Why? Because we are in the precipice of always going to the extreme nature of sanity, which is close to insanity, because we are going a million miles an hour all the time. Coming from me, it's very hypocritical because I'm always going 100,000 miles an hour, right? That's how I've been, right? But I do understand that, look, you know, be still and know that I am the Lord is, is, is a universal, beautiful, indestructible word that 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 is transferable in all in my opinion all faiths right if you really are quiet within yourself you can find all the answers you're looking for yeah and 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 i think that's a beautiful thing because i'm no i'm nothing zero i'm not even a speck in the spectrum that's a lyric okay from a band called nevermore they were like queens on steroids it's like a really progressive metal band or whatever. So I just took that from Nevermore, okay? I'm not taking any credit for that. I like doing that all the time. It's annoying, but it's I, I do it anyway. Footnotes, I guess, bibliographies. <laughs> uh it's 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 important to connect, right, with, with the people you knew and the people you served with and how you can help tomorrow be better. How can you help your fellow man, you know? And right now I think my purpose is to for now, give a smile to A-Rod. Give a smile to John. But also in, in, ensure that people have a place to talk to or person to talk to in the sense of, look, man, if you're in the darkest place that you can be, maybe I can give you some hope, explain to you, like, my challenges, and we can take notes and whatnot and give you a reason to stay, you know. You have a reason to go forward. I don't know what it looks like. None of us know what it looks like. But now, the way the world is, we're always going a million miles an hour. The cell phone is one of the best things ever, but it's one of the worst things ever. Because we put our heads down in it, and it's like, you know, I think it was Waters. She mentioned his grandma. It's like, hey, keep, keep your head up. Keep your head up, boy. Keep your head up, boy. You're going to miss out on laugh. It's beautiful. She's right. You know, people don't talk to each other anymore. You know, They don't know how to relate. And it's like, I don't know what's going on, man. So you mentioned uh, that you needed a break before, you know, when you got out of the military and you didn't realize that. Um, so for me, I knew that like I couldn't take that terminal leave off being home in the house. Um, and I don't really particularly like to talk to too many people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still need, we're humans. We we're social creatures. We need that Yes. interaction. Yes, indeed. Um, so I knew that I needed, you know, especially in the military, right? Cause yeah, you know, we're in the buildings typing stuff or doing something, but yeah. we spend a lot of time outside. You know, we I joke a lot about clean sweep, right? Oh. About mowing the lawn, oh, right? Oh, mowing the lawn oh. and driving the vehicles. Oh, yeah. But that gets us outside. It's us. You know, going out and doing maintenance on stupid vehicles every Monday. We're outside. Pre-maintenance checks and systems. I we think. don't realize how much time we spend outside in our military career. Yeah, I don't right. think we truly do. And so when mm -hmm. we retire and now we're broken down, it's like, well, I wanted to do this. You know, I wanted to go be a forest ranger or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go sure. be a longshoreman, right? Like, yeah. well, my body won't allow me to do that. So what are, what am I going to do? Well, I probably need to find a job inside working at a desk. Yeah. And that in itself can be a lot mentally. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunately, but I knew my body was given out probably about five years before I retired. And uh, so I knew that my what I wanted to do traveling the world for a State Department in USID, that probably wasn't going to happen. I, okay. Yeah. Um, I see. So I was able to make that mental transition. Hmm. Um, but I knew that I had to find a job quick because staying at, people were talking about like staying home, doing remote work. COVID made me realize that if I had to stay home, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to punch holes in the wall. Right. Um, so it's good that you bring that up, like, you know, to take a break, but I, I think that people should, you know, self-evaluate and sure. just realize what, what you need, you know, cause what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for someone else. Absolutely. You just, this is the best time in your life just to be totally 100% honest with yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can convince the world, convince the world of something that you're not, but you can't convince yourself. Ever. It's another line. The Usual Suspects, 1991, Brian Singer, Gabriel Byrne. Great movie. I recommend it. 
kind of a mind twister. Anyway, no, yeah, you know, you have to. My wife brings it up at times and she says, like, hey, listen, it's a thing, you know, you and your anxiety. It's not easy living with you. But she loves me, right? She says that because she loves me and cares for me. And I don't realize how hard that can be sometimes, right? And this is why you have to seek the help and you have to, or at least acknowledge that, all right, look, man, it doesn't have to be, you know, a troop in, a troop in contact situation feeling all the time. It's not war. It's dom- domestic life. That's all it is. And and you you come back to center and you're like, look, there's no reason to to, to let that bug you. You know what I mean? After all the things you've done or all the things that we have done, what? That's going to get tick you off? Come on, man. At the end of the day, you don't know how long you're going to be here. How can you affect people and help them? What is your purpose? What is your why? That's what I challenge folks to do, right? I don't care if you did two minutes in the Army, two months, two years, 20, 30, whatever. I don't, I don't care what job you were, right? I don't even care if I'll even put it this way. And some folks may not agree with me on this. If you went down range or you saw combat, here's why. Everything is so regimented in the military that once you come out of that structure, you don't have a structure. I don't care how organized you were or I don't care how routine you have, how many routines you have, all these different things. It's a, it's, it, you are prone to fall into some kind of, unfortunately, depression. Or some kind of challenge mentally in some case, because you're going to be like, what happened to what I was doing for those two years or 10 years? or five? Look, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to give you live evidence. Okay. I'm going to give you live evidence. I'm probably saying it wrong or, or evidence. What do I, lady came in the other day, Amazon. I think she was an Am- working for Amazon. Second, twice. Okay. The first time it was raining. It was coming down, coming down, man. I mean, the forest gump rain was sideways. It was north, south, east, bad. I was like, I, I helped her out with the package. Don't, you ain't got to get out of it. Come on, give me the package. Have a nice day. When she came the next day, uh, it wasn't raining. It was sunny. I almost dropped the package, or I think I dropped it. It's like, oh, my God, it's going to blow. And she's like, oh, my brother my brother has the same sense of humor. I'm like, was he in the military? It's like, she says, yes. What did he do? He was infantry. How many years did he do? They're like seven. Is he okay? No, he's not the same. And I started talking to her and I said, have him call me. Why did I do that? I'll tell you why I did that. Cause I feel that that's my purpose. Give people hope and tell them that there's resources out there. And also if you haven't done a VA claim, do it right. You do it through this Avenue, that Avenue or this Avenue, right? I'm going through some things right now myself. Okay. I can't guarantee you how it's going to look or not. But at the very minimum, I even told this lady today at the grocery store, oh, yeah, my um, my, my brother-in-law is a major and that he filed a VA claim. Everybody needs to do it because you owe it to yourself. And also it reminds you of like, hey, man, you're not alone. You can't be – I don't – you can't be that gung-ho all the time. You can't be. The baddest of the baddest will tell you that – it's not like that. The lonest of the lonest wolves out there that work on the other side of the fence or whatever will tell you, hey, God, we, man, those guys, mm-hmm, 110%, 210%, you know what I mean? But they'll tell you, I got to take a knee, you know, and take a knee and be honest with yourself. And so that's kind of where I'm going. Although I do, I've got to say, I do flirt with being a law enforcement person, but I want to do it my, on my terms, right? I want to kill people with kindness. I want to go up to them and tell them, hey, man, don't speed. I want to be old school. I couldn't, look, I couldn't be a cop, not because I'm a big brown and brown and full of it. No, 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 no. I couldn't be a police officer because my, my antics were contrary to what they needed. I stopped somebody at a traffic stop during my field training officer days. And the first thing I did was break every rule in the book. I said, how you doing? You don't do that. You don't ask somebody how they're doing when you pull them over. They're doing terrible. They're terrified. They want to get to point from point A to point B and you're getting in weight. You know, the only time that I think I did okay was when I had to translate English to Spanish. We took this individual to jail. He was abusing his, his girlfriend. And, and, and that was very cool in that way. Right. Other times I was like, ah, this ain't for me. 
you know, the schedule was too nuts. I, they were good people. Uh, you know, if they did it part-time, maybe, but it would be on my terms. I'd be interested in helping veterans and, and, and understanding what's going on with them and, and human trafficking because of, you know, work that I've done in that field or whatever. But I am uh, very grateful that A-Rod came here to my humble abode and, and was able to do this. I hope it serves uh, folks in, in however way they want to take it. Just understand that there's nothing wrong with, like I said, take a knee, man. You know, even the, you know, the baddest of the bad, and there's, there's nothing weak about it. In fact, you're, really, you're going to be commended for being that strong and courageous, you know. Uh, but I, you know, I got to agree with what A-Rod said. I, and I, I kind of, I fail to see it sometimes because I think I gave too many people the benefit of the, um, the doubt, right? It's like they all worked. Nobody worked 110% all the time. That's true. That's absolutely true. But it made me a better human because it was like, yeah, that's exactly what I don't want to do. Because I want to, I want to inspire people to do the right thing at all times when they're not seeing it or when nobody's looking or whatever, you know, but, um, understand that. Look, I'm here in Fuqua Arena. I'll even give my phone number if y'all want to call me. But understand that if you have a job, you're not getting any work done. I do not know how to be quiet because I'm worse than Forrest Gump at that station or that bus stop. And he's just like, you know, he just keeps on talking about his stories or whatnot. But if I could, I could give you, I could give you a smile at the end of the day, give you hope, give you, uh, you know, that, that unshakable, you should already have it. You already have it already. Cause I think anybody that served had, had faith to go through the fires and come out and still keep going. If you're alive, you, it must be for a reason. Remember that, you know, remember that and, uh, finish the race strong, you know, finish the race strong. Shoot. I don't know about y'all, but I look at my kids and I'm like, my wife and I look at each other and say, we made that. And I'm like, sweet Jesus. Yes, we did. A blessing, a blessing, you know, uh, and, and I owe it to them. I want them to have the best thing ever. That's why they're not going to go to the army. They'll go to the air force. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, whatever. So, so you bring up a good point, um, you know, about like, uh, getting help. And, uh, the only thing I wanted to add to that is, uh, you know, just, I, we had this discussion earlier, like we, we don't need to explain ourselves to anyone Absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. Anymore. Like, no, I had this conversation with multiple people about, uh, you know, politics is always tricky. Right. And oh, uh, God, yes. I always like to say that I'm going to vote for AOC and, you know, being in Fort Bragg uh, community that pisses a lot of people off. Right. Why, why would you vote for her? I don't have to explain myself. No, you don't. That's the, that's the beauty of it. If I want to write in Gumby, then I'll write in Gumby. <laughs> I don't owe anyone anything. You want to know who I owe something to me? That's it. Love my wife, love my kids. But honestly, I don't even owe them anything anymore. I don't. We'd like to say we do, but we don't. I come first. That sounds rude. It sounds very arrogant, very selfish. But how can I be of use to anybody else if I don't take care of myself first? Good point. And for two decades, over two decades, I put that off to the side. Mm-hmm. And it was falling apart. Yeah. And the army does not care. We like to say that the army cares. It does not. It has their, it's a propaganda machine. I was talking about this the other day about how we don't leave anybody behind. Yes, we do. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Explain to me why we have POWs. I always see those POW uh, flags. Why are there MIAs? Why are we still communicating with Vietnam and Korea trying to get the remains back? Because we left people behind. Yeah, we did. The biggest uh, phony baloney nonsense I ever saw in my life was that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's pre- or the little boy where he's pretending to be people in history and he's pretending to be uh, General MacArthur and he says, uh, I shall return. And that's been hyped up th- over the decades. That coward left all those people in the Philippines yes. so they could be captured by the Japanese. That guy is a punk. And if he was alive today, I'd punch him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I want to track down his family so I can punch them in the face. Yo, you're historically accurate. You it's know, like, and so again, I'm not upset with the army. It's like, again, the army is a big, it's a war machine. That's what it's made for to go fight and win wars. Absolutely. If you're broken, you need to move out. So we all kept our mouth shut so we could stay in. Yeah. And it was the individuals 
in the military that helped us, that made us get through it. It's people like you, people who I've had on here, yeah. uh, who helped me get through those times. Well, because um, we yeah. we talked we talked about buzzsaw, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Buzzsaw, and people have mixed thoughts on buzzsaw. Sure, I know that when I was, they wanted to throw the book at me. They wanted to boot me out of the military, sure. right? Like this guy, he's a joke. He's worthless. That one sergeant major who's retired works on Fort Bragg. If I ever see that guy, man, I'm going to Superman that punch. Uh, Superman punch that dude in next week. Yeah, because uh, he was trying to send me to the 82nd to get out of the military. I hate that guy. I, I just hate him. I understand. Um, but Bussaw to a degree, there, I understand. But, but Bussaw was in there, and he was a. Uh, he they read me my Article 15, told me to go outside, and uh, he's in there yelling at the brigade commander, telling him like, "Hey." If you don't have the backbone to stand up for you, yeah, he made a mistake, but you have to put this guy in a position so he could recover. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't have the backbone to stand up for your guys, then you should just give up your position and resign your commission. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to hear that, but Buss, I was yelling it. And the S3 Sergeant Major was in there. He's like, I thought he was going to be fired too. Because, of course, you know, you get in trouble. That's where you go, right? The what, S3. What, what I, my understanding. So I didn't know about that. Yeah. So, you know. I, people, my naiveness, I'm, you know, I did not I did not know. People are going to say what they're going to say about Buzzsaw. At the very least, in my worst time, he stood up for me when uh, that E7, uh, who was supposed to take me up there for my uh, rating, said, I'm not taking you. Why would I take you? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to be up there to get in trouble, too. Why? You find somebody to take your, yourself up there. And so that was my experience with leadership in the military. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. About 75% of my leadership in the military was like that. Yes. And people want to say I'm bitter. Well, okay. I don't really care. Um, that was my experience. I think you speak from the heart. You speak from the heart, brother. And, you know, so, you know again, like you guys, um, people, again, people ask, like, why, why are you so mad all the time? Why are you so mad? It's like. So you're- no, 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 not now, but before it's like, well, I made a mistake. I asked if I could be put on orders so I could get a fresh start. No, we're going to keep you here. It was two years later and I still had Sergeant Majors like bringing this up. Like there was a, a airborne operation, right? Some guy had the wrong headgear. And so the Sergeant Major had like was talking to everybody out there. 200 people. It's like, I don't know why we have people wearing the wrong headgear and we have people drinking in paraguay it was two years later like why like why are you bringing that up like am i ever going to be able to recover yeah and so Those I, people aren't leaders my friend no no I, that's they weren't leaders i i understand that but that's what I'm, i want to explain to people like, they're puppets with rank that's the, all the the idea of the military being you know that we don't leave people behind that we're with you forever uh, we're going to take care of you yeah that's a lie it's false yeah Military doesn't care about us, and we need to understand that because I still have people out there saying, you know, I was an army scout in Vietnam, army scout out. It's like you haven't been an army scout for well over three decades. Let it go, my friend. Let it go. You can still be proud of your service, sure, and you can still have your friends. Let it go. And you want to know why? Because the army let you go a long time ago. Yeah. They haven't given you a second thought. The day you left, bye. It, well, we, yeah, we need yeah. to come to terms with that. This is true. We need to come to terms with that, right? Um, I got to tell you that the um, the resources have existed in the military. The problem is they're just there to check a block. It seems it's yep. just there to check a block. And and honestly, you know, man, oh yeah, you know, if I wouldn't know, I didn't even know what a VA claim was. Yeah, there's the. Uh, Coalition care or care center care coalition. Care coalition. Yeah, and they seem to you know they lead you sort of in the right direction. I went once, and I left. I was like, I'm, I'm all right. I'm not gonna do this. And and uh, but to to your point, to your point, the army will be glad to just here it is. See ya. You know, and I always say this: you see an American flag outside my residence. That means something different to me. It means more about the guy next to me than it does in in the political sense, right? I don't, it, whether you kneel, you burn it, or you salute it, 
All that doesn't mean jack to me. What means to me is the bonds that were created with the brothers I served down range with or in units that I was with and that we watched out for one another, that we checked in with one another. That we were like, yeah, look, man, this is the army. This is the machine, man. And we're going to make it go forward. But we can't go forward if you're not doing good. I want to make sure you're okay. Not for the machine or the purpose of the machine. Because this is what it's about, man. It's about you, you could work shoveling shit. I said it. I'm sorry. That's fine. All right. But if you're shoveling, you know, fecal matter with the right person, it's the best job you've ever had in your life because you're with that person or that person or that person. And together you're a group, you're a tribe, you're, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're together, you know, you're a team, right? But I understand. I don't think you're bitter, brother. I knew you from when I knew you. That never crossed my head. I, I thought that you were a very centered individual who knew exactly where he was, how he was going to get where he needed to get to, and how he was going to make it happen. I commend you. You know, you're like the Phoenix, man. You rose from the ashes, my brother. It's not like you were dead either when you were a staff sergeant and that thing happened to you. No, sir. You weren't. It, it, it's called life, man. You know, we all make good good decisions or bad decisions or indifferent decisions. It doesn't matter. It's not even whatever. What, it, what, what transpired is, I want to go on record and say this. I don't think there's anybody out there, at least in my little circle that I was at for the last eight and a half or nine years of my military career, that went down like that and then rose, rose, master's degree, you know. In fact, I, I, I remember when A-Rod came down to assessment and selection and the lists would come out to E8. Yeah, I feel the same way, girl. Uh, and I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't make the list? Wait, wait, wait hold on here. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, he's got this, this. I talked to you about, I talked to, to my pops about you. And I would mention you, and I'd say, "Hey, don't get mad at me, all right? I, I, it was this you've been looked at three or four times? No, man, no. A route's not getting picked up. The hell makes you think I'm gonna get picked up? He's great. He's he came across and he made it. He made it, and 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 by his hard work and his dedication, and he has every single right to convey what he wants to convey, how however he wants to convey it. He's always been a man that will." Give it to you, black and white, man. There is this is what it is. This is what it's not, and I and I commend him for that. But right now, what he's doing in this podcast is a beacon of light, hope, and and perseverance for all of us that are going to eventually be done with the military. And he's mentioned it to me before when he's like he's met other folks and units that still hold on to that rank and that aura and that whole you know persona. You're not that anymore. Let it go. You can't talk to people that way. I'm really prideful about my back, back background in, in the military, but I mention it here and there. And part of the reason it didn't work out in, in Cary Police Department, I don't. I, it might have been a little bit of my ego. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, but it also had to do with the group of people that I was going to be working with. Again, I told you, if you're shoveling fecal matter, it doesn't matter if you're with the right people. Those folks weren't the right people for me. Because you can't sit here and tell me that we I don't have any life experience. And I stood up because I have nothing to lose. I'm retired. I got a pension. I got other things coming. I don't need this. I don't, I'm not doing it for the money. But I stood up and said, excuse me, sir, you're wrong. Life experience. I'm a combat veteran in Iraq, Afghanistan, and I was in special operations in the Army for nine and a half months. And I have no life experience? Oh, yeah, and I have a child, too. And, 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 and all these other things. And I walked away, right? It might have been ego, and I should have been better about it. I should have been more mindful about it. I should have been like, kill him with kindness, like I told John earlier. I couldn't, though, because I think that individual needed to know that, not just for me, but know that, hey, man, you can't talk to people like that. You can't treat people like that. I don't care if you're, you're I don't care what you are, if you're a bagger in Publix or in Piggly, Piggly Wiggly down the street. I love everybody in that sense, you know? And, you will meet people in life that that's all they have. Like he, like A-Rod mentions the scout, scout out, scout. That No, man. No, no, no. Use that energy to help somebody else out and bring them with you and take them out of their darkness and help them out. Right? And do it in a way in which don't expect nothing in return, man. That's what it's all about. So the one 
one of the good things about my incident back in 2009 was so the military, right? Like, yeah, you know, you're always praised for like mm-hmm. doing, doing well. Right. But yeah. um, I think the problem with part of the problem with the military mindset is if you make a mistake like that, like hmm. they just dump stuff on you, right? You're, you're persona sure. non grata, right? You're, you're sure. going to be a leper. You're yeah. going to be considered a leper. Yeah. Um, I guess. So for me, it was good because I had to figure out a way to, um, just live my life and do things for me. Right. People in the military, when they don't go through something, um, difficult, a mm. situation like that, when they get out and they can't find a job or yeah. that's the first time they're actually hit with something that that's a problem. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, you've always been faced with, I'm not going to say you've lived an easy life because living in, being in the military isn't easy. I know what you mean. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to say failed because it was, it's not really winning, but yeah. life provides you, you have as many yeah. opportunities as you want. It's not like in the military is like you screw up. That's it. Your career's over. You're done. You might as well get out. But life isn't the military. So if you make a mistake, no. okay. Yeah. People who leave, go do 10 years in federal prison, come out. It's like, okay, you're rehabilitated. Go ahead and rebuild your life. But yeah. our mindset in the military is I had a problem. I couldn't find a job. That's it. I'm useless. I'm, I'm garbage. It's like, no dude, just try something else. Sure. It's like, if what you're doing isn't working, approach it from a different angle. Just Ask somebody for help. There's 8 million resources out there that you can use. Absolutely. You'll be all right, but like we're just so attuned to if I don't accomplish this right here, right now, then I'm worthless. Yeah, it's like, and that's that's not the case. We no. Okay, so very refreshing you say that. I didn't accomplish it this time. All right, I'll try it again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to get back up. The first time I ran a mile when I was a kid, Uh (laughs) both my legs cramped completely. I'm still, I'm still, yeah. I thought that was like the yeah. longest distance anybody had ever run in the history of mankind. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 And then the first time I ran a marathon, you know, I had run 10 miles. It's like, oh man, I could do 26. And I did it in Miami, right? Yeah. And then that's right. Yeah. After I, I hit mile 16, that's when the humidity hit. And it's like, this was a mistake. Okay. But I finished it and, you know, oh, I love it. Started training. And that's the spirit. Started man. doing them better. Yeah. So, so what, man? So you make stupid decisions. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your life. And just no, it's not. And go it, about fixing it. Or listen, man, you're you are you, and your your legacy continues. And that's the beauty of it of being of being human, right? And being able to rise and continue to rise. And if you're gonna fall again, get back up. It's it. I get it. I get it. You know, many a times, shit. I I I, I don't know, man. I I don't. I had thought about, you know, ending it for me and then my life, you know, I, I, and I don't give a damn what anybody thinks I'm, I'm comfortable with my vulnerabilities, you know, and I have to tell you, I got no reason to do that. I couldn't do that because I believe I've been spared many times, you know, and I wouldn't change anything about my life. Because it's brought me to this point today to talk to you, be with John. I appreciate North Carolina weather, which is, I'm not going to go there because it's it's one of them unsolved mysteries because it changes constantly. And I love this state. I'm actually from Florida and there's not enough money on this in this world to get me back to Florida. That could happen. I got friends, Omar Reynoso, who we all served with. Omar, Omar, who wants me to go up there and join the lawnmower, lawnmower business situation. I love that guy. Great guy. Perseverance, that's another great warrior there. You know, Omar Reynoso. You know, and he he was going through a tough time. And what I did was the most instinctive thing that I could think of doing at the time. And I grabbed him. We prayed together. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. My wife doesn't understand me. You're going to get through this. And I said, we're going to get through this. Right? And that's how it's going to work. And we did it. And he did it. And he's doing, sounds like he's doing pretty good. You know, sounds like he's doing pretty good. And and we got to keep going. So I say to myself, man, no, 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 no,
You did yet, you know, and, and that's fine. Right now, I owe it to my children. I owe it to my wife. I owe it to me too. I think I lived my life backwards. I think by the time I was 23, I did more things than Keith Richards did. Okay, I'll leave it like that. I'll leave it at that, right? Keith Richards is going to be here past the apocalypse and a cockroach like Robin Williams said. It's like, you know, I smoked your fall once, you know. And so this is what's what, 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 you know, I, 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 I'm okay, man, but we got to keep going forward. And I can call A-Rod any day of the week. I can call John any day of the week. I'm going to check my phone, okay, because, you know, it's been many years. I still have it, but I haven't changed my phone number since 1812. And that's what it is, okay? People look at me when I'm here and wait, Kelly, and it says 910, and they look at me like, you heathen. And I'm like, you heathen? I'm Harnett County, I could throw a rock to, and that's 910. Thank you very much. Excuse me. So this is the world we live in. I love our country. I love our people, even though I don't agree with all people. But I still love them because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep doing it. That's what that's the that's the spirit that I come from, right? That's the that's how I serve the Lord, right? You know, I'm going to give you a better opportunity for tomorrow by telling you and giving you the the the, the, the fact that. We here today, sitting, talking to one another, are miracles. Life is a miracle. And, come, and embrace that for the rest of your life and every single day and everything that you do. And, and I tell you what, you're going you're gonna to be more okay, cultivated spiritually when you walk out of here. Not because of me. I'm nothing. I'm telling you I'm nothing. I'm just a conduit for the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what I believe. right? But I can I tell you what, though, in Afghanistan... When we got into some things and that Afghan National Army was there with us and they were shooting in the same direction we were shooting or things were going in the same direction, we were always brothers. I went to their mosque and I respected how they went to God. I went to the Indian temples in Guyana and I respected them, even though it's an interesting philosophy that they have. But nonetheless, it was, there was a brotherhood that, that, that was there too, you know, and, and every, every kind, every human has a kind of... Um, you know, claim on your offices is what, what, what I believe. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, protect your house, protect your children, protect yourself. Don't let anybody take away what you believe. This is the beauty of the country we live in. Uh, but also understand that your brothers love you, man. You know what I mean? I love you. I love John. And, and, and I'm here. You know what I mean? And I refuse to go. And I'm not going to go. There. I, I, I'm going to die with my boots on, like literally, right? Yeah. I joke with my wife all the time. Look, if tomorrow happens and they say they call you back, I'm going in a heartbeat. I can still shoot, move, and communicate. You've never let go of being a soldier. Well, you're a soldier for life in a way, right? Sound like Christopher Walken. In a way. <laughs> but it's it's not about the army. It's about the loyalty I had to my comrades and my brothers and stuff and going, and I don't care. Like I said, under take a knee if you need to, man. And always know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that and saying that, I, Hey man, I, I, I need help. You know what I mean? And this is all therapeutic, right? Although the last person I saw said, you can't call your friends all the time because they can't listen to your mumbo jumbo 24 seven. I'm like, they can, and I get it. They have their own problems. I understand your point of view, Miss Doctor, doctor of the doctor, doctor, right? I get it. The worst thing you can tell somebody is to say, I know what you're going through. If you haven't gone through it yourself, right? That's why A-Rod can take off for 20 years in a UFO with John into another galaxy, come back 20 years later where 200 years have passed and I'm still here or whatever. And he says, uh, we pick up where we left off. Yeah, same with John. Same with Derek Riley, another great American. A godly man. There's so many of them. At this podcast, I highly recommend that you listen to everybody that A-Rod picks, not because he picked me. God help him. I don't know why he picked me, but I love him for picking me. And it's an honor. Okay, I keep saying it. But all these other good, greater people that hey, he's interviewed before, they have something to say too. And they're good Americans. I got to hear what they got to say, too, because they're going to help me out. We're going to help each other. One day, maybe we get together in this cul-de-sac here, this circular cement thing that I live in front of. And we all just break bread and just chat and talk. My house is your house. I'm 24-7. I don't care what time it is. I don't care what's going on. Come on down. You know what I mean? I'm here for you. And, and, and you know, 
I'll let you know what's going on. And, and I, I think my calling is to help veterans out with their claims in some way, shape, or form. Or translate documents, you know, English to Spanish and, and help the, 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 vo- the voiceless that don't, don't know how to, you know, they're having problems out there, too. Um, the biggest thing is, listen, A-Rod, thank you again, man. You know, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your angle. I always have. You've always called it how you saw it. It's important, you know. And I appreciate It's refreshing to hear you say that. Because in my mind, sometimes I catch myself saying, I think I need to explain myself. The hell you don't. The hell you do. Excuse me. The hell you do. You ain't got to explain nothing to nobody. Why? I mean, do you have to go to a jump that's going to get kanked at four in the morning because it rained the night before? No. Although I kind of miss that. I don't. I do. I do. I miss it because I'm the guy that had that energy, right? And it wasn't coffee. It wasn't, I promise. And it wasn't the other stuff, too, because that's illegal. It's devil's dandruff. I ain't messing with no devil's dandruff. Okay. Better clap them. Thank you. No. Um, it was just because we all shared the suffering. I guess that's what it was. It was like, oh, man. Yeah, man. You, oh, man. You know, I kind of missed that. Um, but sweet, sweet Lord. I mean, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, and I'm glad that I'm on. I'm reminded that I have I, I'm kind of useful in some regard. I'll mention uh, Luis Crespo Jr. used to say to me sometimes when I bump into him in, in the parking lot, he's like, you always say to me, man, you always got a smile on your face, man. You always got that. Yeah, that PMA, that positive mental attitude. Like, it's not easy. But it, it was. And, it, and it, helped him, it, it helped him in some way. It helped somebody else out in another way, too, you know. Uh but it's I'm, I'm not like I said. There's other folks that are a lot huger energy than me. Uh, we all know him as the white space killer, Derek Riley. God bless him. I loved you, bro. Everybody else was whining. Stop whining. Come on, do it. Come on, get there. Go. Stop it. And I, so everybody else was complaining, and I would be that loudmouth that said, "Hey, guess what? You got no rights. It's the military." Just show up the formation. So what? You're going to be late. You're not going to be able to pick up your doggy in time. But that's where you are because you're here for your soldiers. I'm out. All right, bro. So we're a little bit over an hour. Um, so, you know, we're at that time of the podcast. Uh, do you have any shout outs? I do. Um, there's there's a couple. One, one of the first ones that I'll say is for the children of St. Jude Hospital. Um, if you guys can keep those children in your prayers, do it, please. If you can, you know, find it in your hearts to donate, no matter what it is. I, I'm of the mind, I'd rather go to the hospital myself and see the family and give it to them because I, I, my wife is, you know, she's awesome. It's like, yeah, if you donate, sometimes it gets lost in the, I, go see one of these families if you can, right? Children of Shriners Hospital, the same thing. Uh, Mission 22, they've done a really good job in awareness of, you know, veteran suicide. The 22 push-ups are fine. But go see 22 dudes or souls or, or ladies and talk to them and, and give them hope. That's what I would say in regards to that, in my humble opinion. Um, and, you know, and, and really just a shout out to everybody that I've ever served with, you know, um, in, in, in the 98th, in any of the other battalions of civil affairs, in the 23rd Ordnance Company, in the 8th Ordnance Company, you know, um, for Bragg, Germany, all these places, God bless you all, man. You know, uh, I think my call sign in Afghanistan was given to me by a guy that looked like John Belushi in Animal House. It's a big Charlie from 19th Special Forces Group. He said, your, your call sign is Pasta, Pasta 7, because my first name was is Alfredo, right? So Pasta 7, I guess I'm out. I'm available <laughs> on the global. I don't know what that means, but I'm available. All right, so um, my shout-out, well, let's see. Uh, it's not really a shout-out. I want to promote um, this one business. It's up in Washington, D.C. Uh, my new job, I have to decorate my office uh, with cultural items. And so I purchased a, a original art piece from a Guyanese artist, um, Venus Wong. So if you ever get on the Internet, you can uh, search Venus Wong art and uh, mm-hmm. maybe like her pieces, maybe not. Um, they it worked with my office and I like seeing things that 
calm me down and relax me. And that's exactly what this piece does. Uh, titled Passion. So it was awesome. And for my shout out, I want to shout out my grandbaby, Lena. Grandpa loves you. Um, so with that, um, just everybody remember you are special. You have something that makes you unique. Um, if you need help with anything, please reach out to me or somebody here on the podcast and we can get you the help that you need. Um, you will be successful in whatever you attempt. Just, you know, you might not reach your goal initially, but just keep at it and you will. And so until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.